0: Welcome to the Health Humanities Podcast. Our mission is to facilitate interdisciplinary thinking and creative work related to illness, caregiving, and medicine. I'm Elizabeth Coletti, the editor-in-chief of the Health Humanities Journal of UNC Chapel Hill. and this episode, we'll hear from Fariha Rahman, who's majoring in health policy and management with minors in biology and chemistry. We'll start with hearing her read her poem, An Incomplete Loss. We hope you enjoy.
1: An incomplete loss. I silenced my cell phone periodically to curb my addiction to my phone screen, one of the many goals I had for 2020. Because my cell phone was silent, I missed 12 calls, forcing the individual on the other end to call non-traditionally. I answered the ancient landline to hear crying, no, sobbing, hello? No one was answering. I checked the caller ID, It was from New York, which meant family. Alarmed, I started yelling, Hello? What's wrong? Hello? The peripheral crying increased in intensity, while the person on the phone was mumbling something. As I continued to scream, the landline disconnected suddenly. I ran to get my cell phone, realizing the missed calls were from my cousin. When I was about to dial again, I received a text. He's dead. My stomach dropped like that ride at the fair where they take you all the way to the top and then suddenly, you drop. The tears were streaming down my cheeks, fearing how many more people will I lose in the coming weeks. I cried harder when I could not attend his funeral due to quarantine. A few days later, I was on a video call watching my uncle's service on my computer screen. I should have been there personally. Instead, I could only internally scream Received directions from others to grieve, and remember my uncle through conversations that resurfaced some precious memories. Like my cell phone that I silenced periodically, I stopped feeling any emotion temporarily. The loss felt so incomplete, especially given it was a pandemic that took a loved one from me.
0: You can read that poem and the fall 2020 issue of the Health Humanities Journal on our website. Friha, thank you so much for joining me. This will be the first poem of the new semester on the podcast. Sounds great. This is obviously a very raw piece that a heartbreaking number of people may be able to relate to after this last year. When writing it, how did you put together this story and how much of it comes from your own personal experience? This poem actually came from
1: combination of like I would say all the losses I've had during this time. After the pandemic hit there was like a period of time within like the course of I would say a month I lost three individuals and some were related to the pandemic some were unrelated but I think that grief is just constant throughout with the pandemic not only if you like lose a loved one but also like just the loss of your normal life, sort of to speak. And that sort of led me to writing this poem, which actually was sort of like, I would say like a visceral reaction. It came to be like in a day. So it was just a really cathartic piece, I would say, to just get all my emotions out on paper.
0: Yeah, I think grief and loss are something that is just ever present in a very frustrating way. In the final episode that we released last semester, uh, I talked with Mary Glenn Krauss a little about death education and different ways the mourning process can be hampered, which you do show here so clearly. This is kind of a weighty question, but do you have any words of advice or encouragement for people who are also mourning in this time? Like, what helped you? I would say for me, particularly, like, finding a creative outlet or
1: For lack of a better word, like distraction to sort of immerse myself in that experience. So, poetry writing was something that I sort of got engaged in my sophomore year, but had left behind because of academics and other commitments. Mm -hmm. But I remember taking that intro to poetry course, and like a lot of my poems would be about, I guess, my emotional release, whether that be with like mental health or like. Just observations I've seen of like daily life where people have been suffering or like losing loved ones. So yeah. it was kind of organic in that sense for me to like kind of reimmerse myself into poetry to sort of get myself out of that sort of funk that I would say I was in after like losing so many individuals. And I would just probably recommend to pursue something. It's very easy to stay, like, very idle, like, to, like, do nothing when you're mourning or you're losing, but make sure that you surround yourself with your loved ones. Make sure to find something that you could, like, really immerse yourself in and sort of help you release those emotions.
0: This definitely wasn't the only piece in this fall issue of the journal about life and the current pandemic. We're actually already getting submissions for the spring issue about it as well. So you kind of touched on this, but... What really made you pick this as an outlet for what you were what you were going through?
1: I think, like um, again, with like the poetry aspect, I've sort of went through a lot of different outlets: binge watching shows to like baking, um, yeah, <laughs> to doing like a lot of like other stuff. That uh, eventually, I just came back to writing. I'm not that consistent as a journal writer and like it's kind of nice with like I would say poetry where it's just like one piece you kind of work on that and you get Mm it and then you keep on coming back to it or sort of get it over with and you don't have to like think about it again where like journaling even though it's a great practice it's like a commitment and sometimes there's days you just don't want to write or like so I think like poetry for me personally was just a easy like sort of okay I wrote something it sounds pretty decent I'll come back to it later, like, revisit mm-hmm. it. So I think that was something that because the practice of poetry is sort of constant, but, like, on your own time versus, like, other practices, like, baking or, like, even watching a show because when you start binging a show, you want to, like, finish it to the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that specifically for uh, poetry writing, I liked how I had control of when I wanted to do it and, like, complete it. So that's how I really
0: got into it. I do like that, because even compared to, like, writing a short story or writing something longer form, poetry does have this great flexibility. You can kind of do whatever you want and, you know, keep revising it, keep changing it, but there's a lot more freedom there. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about your your poetry process. Like, how do you get into a poem? Is it idea first, or do you have, like, a structure that you want to go for?
1: Yeah, so for poetry writing... Typically, like, I know when I got into poetry, it would be more like reacting to a prompt or, like, a situation, which is typically how, like, a poetry class goes. But outside of, I would say, like, an academic setting, for me, poetry writing really comes if I'm feeling something and I just need to, like, get it out. I think for this poem in particular, it was just, like, the overwhelming weight of just feeling so empty in a way and just like some way to just release that emotion on paper and words are so fun to play with Um, I would say because I remember like when I first wrote it I was probably like alternating and trying to figure out how to rhyme each line and I was like okay this is like me going back to elementary school like poem writing (laughs) Um, and then like I sort of tried to approach it as what the situation was and then definitely throughout it's really helpful also to just get other people to read it personally like the beauty of like a poem is that it can be shared I feel like other forms of writing we typically like want to hold dear especially like journal entries and like all that stuff but I was sort of happy that when I like started writing the poem I was like okay now I could like share it with someone like get feedback and see like what other people think about it and it's just more of a the creative process for poetry writing I love how like collaborative it is Instead of just, like, sitting there and just, like, hitting your head against the desk. <laughs> just trying to, like, write it out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Kind of on that way of connecting with people, one element that recurs in this poem is technology. Comparing between texting and calling, you got cell phones, landlines, video calls. Why did you want to include that, and what were you hoping to say?
1: Yeah, and
0: I think, so,
1: the theme of technology sort of crept its way in there. I didn't really reflect on it until after I'd written the piece, the reason why I sort of use technology as an overlying theme throughout the piece was that even though like technology allows us to connect, there's still a still sense of disconnect that can honestly you could only like overcome if you are in person. Yeah. So the main thing about the poem was I still felt really like bad when like I was just watching a service through a, video- a Zoom call. And like thankfully we're in the day and age where we have the ability to still connect and quote-unquote bring us like technology brings us together yeah. but there's certain experiences that irrespective of whether you can like log into to like a zoom call or like something you have to like be there in person for it to like actually feel real and I think that was maybe my message that like even though we're sort of like saying around the news and like the media like call everyone facetime everyone stay connected there's still that void of human presence or like just that interaction that everyone craves so uh technology's great um i think we're all thankful for it but it's also just like not enough at times
0: to like kind of feel whole i think we all experience that in online classes (laughs) there's just some kind of digital divide there that is very difficult to bridge. For sure. So do you have any other ways that you're exploring the health humanities? Yeah. So
1: I know last semester um, at UNC, there's a variety of health humanities courses. I took this, Mm -hmm. it was a seminar course and it was like a literary arts course where essentially we wrote our personal health narratives. And it was just, it was sort of like a Similar to a poetry class, but it was, like, more Mm -hmm. for, like, a... You kind of write your personal narrative of, like, an illness you experienced, like, your illness narrative, and you sort of would, like, read it to the class. And then the worst part, I think, of every workshop and, like, every, like, writing class, but also, like, the helpful part is when, like, you as the writer, you read your piece, and then everyone discusses your piece, but you can't say anything. So, yeah, that was a very, like, phenomenal class that I took, and it really got me to reflect on previous, like, health issues I had, or just, like, even experiences as, like, a doula. I wrote, like, a whole piece about that. I'm currently also taking, like, intermediate poetry this upcoming semester, which I'm really stoked about to sort of I think get more structure into like my poetry writing and like just learning more about the process and getting back into the groove a bit. But yeah, hopefully maybe post graduation I'll f- find a way to like stay immersed in the health humanities. And so I think it's good to take classes related to health humanities. It really makes you like find a different sort of creative path that you may have not considered because like with my background, obviously I think it's pretty obvious with, like, biology camp minor, health policy management. It was, it's just nice to take those, like, elective classes where you could really immerse yourself in that.
0: Always my favorite thing in, like, talking to people about the health humanities and watching people come to this field or t- talking to them about how they did come to this field. You can combine these two things. It's not just STEM over here and and literature over there. We can talk about these things in tandem and use them to understand each other, which I just always enjoy. So you did mention your major uh, in the School of Public Health. Has your interest in poetry affected how you look at things in your health policy or, or other science classes or maybe vice versa? I would say so. Um, I think poetry and just like the introduction
1: to the health humanities helps me see everything in a more of an empathetic light. Typically, like I think, especially with a STEM major or even like public health, you sort of see the data and like the numbers and mm-hmm. you sometimes forget these are like people stories. Um, these are actually like affecting real life people. But I think having this sort of like creative side to me has very much helped me sort of empathize more Poetry, sort of, just any creative outlet, like sort of gives you that opportunity to see like the subtext or like the context of everything. So
0: yeah, how did you uh, become a doula? Is that a program that you were a part of, or are you still? Yeah, so there's a program at UNC called UNC Birth Partners. There's like many
1: routes to train. Um, I recall I trained the summer after my sophomore year for like a two day mm-hmm. training. And then started basically in the hospital right away <laughs> with clients, um, and yeah, it's been a very I would say it's a very cliched term, but I would say the life life changing thing um, yeah. to actually witness birth and to help women through such a vulnerable time. But yet, what's often like cited as like a beautiful moment in their lives. So yeah, I've been d- uh, doula for like about a year now, and I've been grateful to have a diverse
0: set of experiences and hope to continue doing that post-graduation. It does seem like such a great, uh, just different experience that you may not have initially thought of. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention or bring up from your piece specifically? I think main thing would probably be stay connected
1: because you don't know when something could happen, especially during this time where I think the universe have, has sort of given us like a break in a sense to, like, sort of pause and, like, reflect on life. So I would say really just reach out, stay connected, because you never know when something could happen and, like, you sort of wish you could have. Because I think that sort of regret or those feelings are much more weighty than, like, just picking up the phone and, like, saying hi and, like, having nothing to talk about. Even a hi is fine, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the main takeaway from... I would say when poem is just like, things could happen all of a sudden. So do your best to just stay connected.
0: I think that's a, a great piece of advice to end on. So thank you so much for coming to talk with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. You can find free his poem and the rest of the Health Humanity Journal's fall 2020 issue on our website linked in the show notes. Or go to hhj.web.unc.edu. The music you're hearing now and at the top is from Andy G. Cohen. Thanks again to Fariha for coming to talk with me, and be sure to watch for our next episode to hear more from the authors of the Health Humanities Journal of UNC Chapel Hill.